Hey, everybody. It's Alex from the Equity Team. We're going to skip our normal ad because there's so much going on this week. But if you need access to Extra Crunch, use the code equity. All right, let's go. Hello and welcome back to Equity, TechBrunch's venture capital focused podcast where we unpack the numbers behind the headlines. Uh, this is an equity shot. What we've decided to do is take all of the GameStop, Robinhood, stock market, brouhaha, BS, put it in one bucket for you. And then we're going to do a regular show later. But in case you just wanted to hear about the stock market, I have Danny Crichton with me. Danny, I take it you're in a great mood. I am in a very caustic mood right now because of the stock market. Also because you're awake and we've met you. We also have Natasha Mascarenas here. Natasha, how are you doing? You know, I'm feeling a lot of feels. Yesterday, the story was in a completely different place than this morning. So I feel like we're all going to be catching up live, which will be fun, I think. Yeah. So if you're a little bit behind, the stock market has been a little crazy lately. And we had begun to ask trading apps what they were going to do about it. And then this morning, some of them started to do something about it. So guys, where should we start? How far back should we go to get people caught up on the saga that is the last few days? I think we can start a decade ago. <laughs> All right. So I think, I, think if you, I mean, let me do a quick, you know, historical wrap up, right? You have an Occupy Wall Street. You have a bunch of people, populists, so to speak, who are angry about the global financial system, angry about hedge funds who are sucking out all the money out of the economy. Didn't go anywhere, but a lot of those people actually migrated online into communities on Reddit like Wall Street Bets and others and tried to beat the system for what it is. Basically take the most cynical view of the way the stock market works today and say, how can we use that cynicism to actually make money? So you saw that with Wall Street Bets. You saw that with Zero Hedge. There's a bunch of other accounts and groups and brands, et cetera, in this market. In the last week, they've nailed one company, which was GameStop. And I think that that's the story we're talking about today. To give a little more context around that, the Wall Street Bets subreddit has been around for a long time. And if you've been a stock market observer, it's been part of your diet of consumption. Not that we're endorsing the words they use or what they say or their ideas. It's just been a place you had to read to keep up with what people were thinking about in regards to trading. This, of course, powered by Robinhood and other zero-cost trading applications that made trading easier, more game-like, ubiquitous, and open to the masses. Then someone noticed a thing, which is that GameStop was shorted over 100%, which means that people had bet a lot against it to the point in which there wasn't enough shares to kind of like cover their wager. That's enough information. You don't need to go deeper than that. And so what the individual traders decided to do was begin to buy the stock. Now, GameStop, not a great company, really, if you read through the numbers. So why would you buy the stock? Simply because other people had made such strong bets that it would go down that if you push the share price up, they would be forced to cover their shorts and buy the stock to do so, maybe pushing the price up again. This has become a political debate between the individual retail investor versus the big money. And then it got totally crazy, guys. I mean, Natasha, you've seen, I presume, a million tweets about this over the last couple of days. A million tweets. Another thing that I've noticed is while it has been positioned, if you read the Times yesterday, it has been positioned as the small guy versus the big evil banker. We have seen Wall Street on the other side join the retail traders and also get its own payday. I mean, Shamath put in a good bit of money, maybe not a lot for his wealth, <laughs> but he still put in a lot of money. He's donating the profits and proceeds to the Barstool Fund for small businesses. And a lot of people are. So there is that good story here, but there's also a lot of bad and nuance. And I don't know how we should talk about it. So this morning, as I woke up before I had coffee, while I was trying to figure out which way my head went, a bunch of tweets had come out saying that Robinhood was blocking certain transactions on its platform. And yesterday, TechCrunch reached out to all the platforms, Public, Robinhood, M1 Finance, Free Trade over in the UK. And some of them have put up minor speed bumps, but they were still letting their users trade these stocks. This morning, Robinhood stopped that and blocked certain transactions, raised margin requirements, canceled some options, I think. 
So there was a pretty big controversy about that. And that, I think, has magnified the political narrative here of retail versus the big guys. Why are we being cut off from this? It's a startup story. I mean, so far we talked about the stock market, but like at the root of this is a number of fintech companies backed by oceans of venture capital who made trading ubiquitous and free, without which, Danny, I don't think we would have seen the level of retail interest in plays like this. No, absolutely. And what's crazy to me is if you went back five, six, seven years ago in the startup world, there was this wave of startups doing what was called social trading. The idea was you could mirror trades. You could look at companies. eToro started in this category, a bunch of others. They're now in blockchain and stock management in general. But there were a ton of these companies. Motif Investing was another one. It was like build your own ETF, build your own portfolios, share your trades with others. And like they never really took off. If you look around the world today, none of the companies in this market survived. And yet what ended up happening is you had these social networks, Reddit, Twitter being the most prominent, where that trading and those tips were shared. And that became the social layer. Robinhood became the infrastructure for actually executing those trades. They just aren't on the same platform. That to me was very fascinating that that entire generation of startups basically failed to create the world that we see today. Totally. I don't think this could have happened any year other than this year. The power of community really has been shown. And I know, Alex, you talked about this in your piece with Sheber about Alexis Ohanian, the founder of Reddit, speaking up, being like, this is the power of community. This is what happens next. Danny, you are screaming, what happened? As well, I'm we're just speaking. watching the stock. The stock is literally collapsing as we talk. It's down 56% right now. Oh my gosh, you're right. So it's gone from 30, I'm watching it, 30% to 45% to 56%. I don't think Yahoo Finance uploads this more than once every two minutes, but every time it refreshes, <laughs> it's down like another 15%. So maybe the bubble's over by the time the show is over. We've gone down 55% in six minutes. This is fun. I mean, guys, listen, this was the risk of this show. So what you missed was about 20 minutes of us trying to figure out what the hell to do with this story. Because like, do we put it at the top of the main show? Do we break it out? What happens? This is literally, as we call it, breaking news because it's breaking our show. Before we jumped on the mics, though, Public, another one of these free trade apps, said they're not going to restrict this. They just put a little warning sign on uh, certain stocks. So we're seeing a split between what different fintech slash neo trading platforms are doing. What's going to be fun to see is what impact this has on user flows. Because I think we've all seen in the last hour or so, the number of reviews coming in for Robinhood on Android, pretty negative. People are pretty pissed about this. And then most of them are talking about the political angle, like why are you trying to protect hedge funds, et cetera. To be clear, we're not endorsing that viewpoint, but that is certainly the narrative that users have in their anger against some of these changes that are happening. Two things here. I mean, one, I'm so happy we are not in Robinhood Snacks' position as a competitor podcast because <laughs> I need to hear how they're addressing this. Shout out um, Robinhood Snacks. Because. <laughs> Number two, it's bringing back a lot of the conversation we saw a few weeks ago when Trump was banned from a lot of the platforms. We're seeing the decentralization conversation pop right back up. We want decentralized Reddit. We want a better Robinhood. We want our power to not be in the hands of these companies anymore. And so that's another wave of response we're seeing. Another thing to keep in mind is the inherent tension between the business models of these companies and what they're kind of forced to decide on when it comes to allowing or not allowing certain things. Robinhood makes lots of money from payment for order flow, which is routing your trades through certain market makers and they get paid for that. That's how they offer you zero cost trading. Your trades are kind of the thing they sell. And if you go through their disclosures, you'll note that they don't make a lot of money from trades on big stocks, stocks in the S&P 500. They make a little bit more money on stocks that are a bit more exotic and they make a lot more money per trade on options. Right. So Robinhood here this morning, by making the choice that it did, isn't just putting up a virtue signal or whatever. They're limiting their own revenues by doing this. So the choice they made was pretty hard. They must have really felt like we have to do this or something worse is going to happen. Then the blowback they must have known was coming. 
breaking news as we're recording this show at 11 17 a.m eastern uh, it looks like the markets have frozen gamestop due to the crash that short-circuited so the markets are no longer open for trading which you know again talking about robin hood it's like they did this themselves and then you know just a couple hours now the markets are kind of catching up so to me like a lot of this is anticipatory right like the startups are actually way ahead of regulators the markets themselves and figuring out what's going on and they're responding to those changes based on the users on their platforms like robin hood has better data than anyone about what's going on in terms of order flow i mean that's literally their business but how their users are exploring what they're tracking what their prices are honestly like they have better information than almost any other organization to respond to the actions and take proactive measures in order to protect the market so it'll be interesting to see how regulators and others start to learn this and figure out how to handle that new power where do you guys think robin hood goes from here we saw alex lieberman who is the co-founder of Morning Brew tweet that Robinhood is officially a case study in the fragility of a brand. It took them seven years to build up confidence in their platform. It took them one day to switch from by the people to against the people. Here's my thought about that. The people who signed up for Robinhood to buy three shares of Ford aren't going to leave. But they also don't make any money for Robinhood. The bulk of their money comes from options trading order flow. And those are the people they pissed off today. Those are the people that now may not have confidence in their service. Honestly, I mean, I... I <laughs> I don't want to get too far ahead of this and end up wrong and have Robin Hood calling me. But like, I mean, I, I think it's pretty bad for their brand. I think this is not a great moment. And I, and I think, you know, when you offer people with less financial acumen options and other more exotic trades, so that way they can around and find out and then they around and find out and then you get by finding out it's not good for anybody. I mean, I don't know what to do with this. It's one of those situations like if you give children matches and they burn their hair and you take away the matches and the child cries, <laughs> no one's happy. Ultimately, the goal of a market is to allocate capital. I think one of the questions here is at what point, you know, we've opened this, we've democratized it, anyone can trade anything, people are options trading faster than ever. At what point do regulators have to get into the market and say, look, now people are buying stuff. Now the market, you know, we're looking at the price, now it's down 64%. This is fun. This has gone from 30% to 64% just the time we've recorded this show. We this nailed the exciting. timing of this show. This, yeah, this show, couldn't have picked too bad we can't time. record it and actually turn it around fast enough instantly. <laughs> this is, this is. I guess we're doing a clubhouse later on, Alex. We are doing a clubhouse we later on. We are doing on, a so. clubhouse la later on. So, oh, no. so you know, this is the minute to do the clubhouse. But, but I do think there's a big question of like, clearly something was very wrong in the market. And markets are not supposed to be this volatile they're not supposed to go up and down. People aren't supposed to put in their entire fortunes and lose, you know, their entire retirement savings of 30 years in two minutes. It's just not designed for that. So I do think that there's something wrong with the market that needs to be fixed. And that is a thing that I wanted to bring up because this story is super broad. This is not a story just about fintech startups. This is not just a story about the stock market. It's a story about how individuals can use those fintech startups to have oversized access to dangerous trades in the market. And to put this in perspective, a musician that I super respect, I love their band. I listen to all their records. I'm an enormous dork for this musical group. This person was DMing me yesterday about these trades, asking if he should jump in because his friend had. That's how far this has gone. When my world's looping back into like my work world. Strange. And so, look, I'll just say it. Unless you're really, really smart, maybe watch. Don't participate. <laughs> I mean, not to give investment <laughs> advice, but like, yeah. you know, ah, I was ah. going to say journalists are not allowed to invest in stocks for better today. I'm so yeah. glad we're not able to. I want to give another perspective that actually the margins, a great newsletter by Ranjan Roy and Ken Durek, right? There's a reason we haven't heard from GameStop. This is a real company with real employees. And when the stock comes crashing down, people will be hurt because of it. 
jobs, livelihoods, etc. Let's not forget that Robinhood had to install bulletproof windows this summer. There have been deaths because of Robinhood. There has been a lot of very serious damage made. And so the very fun parts of the story are definitely getting played up for understandable reasons. But I don't think enough people are talking about the perspective of what happens next. And that's really scary. It's a very unstable time. (laughs) In the last few weeks, we've tested major institutions, right? We had the Capitol Hill riots just, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, testing our democracy, testing our political institutions. And now in this crisis, and and it was so much going on in the markets, now we're testing like the NYSC, securities regulations, the ability of our financial system to withhold and withstand massive groups of people sometimes working extraordinarily ineffectively and or deleteriously to the market. So to me, it's like it's a test. And the hopeful message that I have is I think we will meet the test much as the way we met, I think, the Capitol Hill's riots, which is we can come back, bounce back better. We will see better rules and implementations in place. My guess is the SEC will investigate some of the stuff. We're seeing some percolations of that already. And, you know, we're going to find all the people who were faking their trades and doing stuff on the market and, and the markets will be more resilient afterwards. But it goes to show the power of online community. And I mean that yeah. in a non-sarcastic way, because the Capitol riots the insurrection there, the sedition was planned on various social platforms where like-minded people can get together. This is not that different. Listen, that's the equity shot. We're going to drop it there. Stuff's going to keep happening. Please read, I think it's techcrunch.com. Is that where we work? <laughs> For lots more about this. Now we're going to pause and then go talk about everything else. Bye. 